0: a lot of things around you, in and around you. And I preach from Proverbs, where Proverbs says, um, you know, sickness one can bear, but who can bear a wounded spirit or a crushed spirit? And the scripture says that if your spirit's healed, you can be sick, you can deal with it. And I gave you practical things on how you can talk with people out there about their spiritual well-being. Spiritual Spirituality is, is there's loads of talk about it nowadays. Um, within, with, within the nation where we live, um, in terms of yoga and being fit. Everybody wants to be spiritual. They want to be healed. So it's a good conversation to start. You know, about, okay, so if, if why do you feel this way if if, if spiritually you, you're well? Why do you, why can't you overcome? Good conversations. And I want to continue with it today because everything that I'm preaching now is gearing and heading us towards Impact Week for the conversations that we start and its skills and tools that I would like to give every one of us in terms of um, the ability to talk to people about Christ and God. And so this morning, I'm going to talk not about healing the wounded spirit this morning, I'll be talking about spiritual growth. And I want to look at growth from God's perspective. That's what I wanted to, to us to look at. And again, I'm hoping to impart some skills, conversational skills, in terms of how Christ sees spiritual growth, how we should see it, and how we can help each other growing, and also believers and unbelievers growing. So let's read Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 to 23. I will be reading from the NIV. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced the crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever his ears, let them hear. Just remember, I'm reading this and keep in the back of your mind Impact Week. Keep in the back of your mind the the video. Keep in the back of your mind the lifestyle of sowing seeds, the lifestyle of making an impact every day. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Interesting, huh? Jesus, why do you speak? If you want people to know you, why do you speak to them in parables? And then Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. It's a serious distinction Christ is making. Whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even that, what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing they do not see. Though, where am I now? Though hearing they do not hear and understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. If you can just look at me, this is now Jesus just so speaking to his disciples. It's not the crowds. This is just Jesus and his disciples having this conversation now. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word with understanding. This is the one who produces a crop, healing a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. So, before I say anything about this parable, I think I'm going to stand here. Before I say anything about this parable, I just want to say what Jesus is saying, what this parable is about. So I've just put it together for you in this following sentence. If the word of God is received with an uncluttered, receptive and teachable heart, we will grow and we will be fruitful spiritually. That's what this parable is about. Right at the end, Jesus explained what it is about. Jesus says, the seeds get sown, but not everybody experiences the growth. Are you with me? I mean, Jesus himself explained it. Should we, I think we should read it again. Just, just to get, let's go to verse 18 again. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. This is not Jesus saying it. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Unfruitful, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, healing a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that was sown. So, that's what that parable is about. But now everybody didn't understand it. So, to sum up the parable, before I preach on it, Keep this in the back of your mind. This parable is about if God's word is received with an uncluttered, receptive, teachable heart, we will grow and we will be fruitful spiritually. Which brings me to my first interesting point. You cannot enter the kingdom of God without hearing, it's impossible. If the listener does not hear what you are saying to them about the kingdom of God, then they can't enter it. And Scripture is very specific: you've got to listen with understanding. You with me? I was just so challenged this week, and as I was preparing about listening, just within the kingdom. But let me just allow us now with that in the back of our mind to look at, before I preach, just what are the elements. So there's the elements of this specific parable is there's a sower. So the sower is the preacher of the word, which is every one of us here. You agree with me, eh? The seed is the word of God. The soil, the soil is the heart of the era. you with me? Now, let's just park there for a bit, because I want to encourage you. Sometimes we want to make the sower a bit funkier. Maybe I should have preached this morning with a gene that is ripped off. You know, sometimes we want to make the sower funkier. Because maybe if the sower is a bit funkier, then people will hear, if there's more lights or, you know, then people will hear... I don't see that in scripture. So the first thing that I want is to just say to you, you're a sower, stay a sower. Don't change yourself. In your own right, you can grow in how you want to sow, but stay a sower in how you are. Secondly, please, don't change the seed. There's lots of seed changing going on out there the farmers would call it corruptible seed you can't get good fruit if seeds corrupted the seed stays the same maybe the seed must come out of a funkier bag eh or maybe maybe i don't know leave the seed as it is don't change the seed the seeds the word of god now the soil it's the only thing we actually don't have control of, which is the person that's listening's heart. And it's interesting that we also want to change that sometimes. And we're always disappointed. So today I would like us to look at the heart of the era, and we need to, to talk about the heart. So we also, year as Do you agree? So we've got to listen to to it now. If you want to understand this parable, the first thing you've got to understand, you've got to understand what it's about. We figured that out now. This parable is about somebody, if he hears the word of God with an uncluttered heart, he receives it, there will be growth. There will be fruit. We've, We've got that. We know now what this parable is about. We know that the sower is the preacher. We know that the seed is the word. We know that... The soil is the heart of the era. But to continue and to understand that when we're going to preach at Impact Week or we're going to want to make an impact in each other's lives, it's important that we understand what the heart is. We first quickly just going to do a study of the doctrine of the heart. Quickly, we need to do this. So, the heart is the central seat and organ of man's conscious life in its moral, intellectual, volitional, and emotional aspect. The place of, of our core convictions. In other words, the heart is the place where life happens. So, when we think of heart, we think of the organ. Isn't it so? We think of this thing ticking here. But when scripture speaks of the heart, scripture speaks Of a place right here where you feel life. You feel it. You experience it. It's the place where you make decisions with your emotions, with your intellect, with your spirit. And it's that place where you are willing to lay your life down for your core convictions. Right there in your spirit, you would say to yourself, if you were a mother or father, anybody that touches my child, I'll go for them. If you touch my child in a wrong way, if you make me angry, I'll go for you. Well, life happens there. So, when the writers of scripture, in most cases, there are a few rare cases, but when scripture speaks of the heart, it speaks of life there. Compassion, empathy, sympathy. Right there, life happens. That's the heart. That's why it's moral, it's intellectual, it's volitional, it's emotional in all its aspects. So, we're talking about soils. You're still following me? We're talking about soils. Now I'm quickly going just to run down with you. So to grow spiritually, you've got to know the condition of your heart. To grow spiritually, I must know the condition of my heart. So let's start. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. (coughs) Excuse me. Struggling with a bit of hay fever, and cold. Hearts were made to trust. According to scripture, your heart and my heart was made to trust. It doesn't matter if you're offended, if you're a loner, if you're angry, if you're bitter, if you're loving or if you're kind. Your heart was made to trust something, someone. So whether you trust yourself, whether I trust my finances, but I am going to trust something. Because a heart was created to trust. But that's why scripture said trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because the thing that you trust most. That is the thing that you will listen to most. We're talking about the ear hearing the word. The soil. So, if the trust... If my trust is in my finances, I will listen to my bank balance more. Period. Does it make sense? A heart's made to trust. So, in your conversations with people during Impact Week, it would be interesting to see what they trust most. Because if you know what they trust, you can point out to them what is the exact same thing that would disappoint them most in life? If I trust in my bank balance, my bank balance will disappoint me. I always make this example. If you trust in your bank balance and you lived 40 years ago in Zimbabwe, I can tell you today it is painful. And I'm not saying that to hurt people, it's very painful with finances fluctuating. The moral of the story here is in scripture, if you know what you trust more, you will know who disappoints you the most. And so Christ never disappoints. Because he's truly the only one, God's the only one that we can truly trust. Secondly, let's read Psalms 119 verse 36 turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain every heart has an inclination it bends towards something or someone it bends towards a style it bends towards and David says in this I'm looking at God you've got to help me <laughs> my heart keeps on bending to this thing just bend it to the right things on behalf of me please your hearts need to be turned in the right direction so another tip if you go through difficult times I usually do this regularly I sit down and I think okay what's my heart running towards now You know, let's be honest, sometimes it's just so tough, you don't run to your prayer room. Am I the only one experiencing that? Sometimes when you go through a very tough time, you just want some coffee and cake and steak. And you know, and then you put the duvet over your ear. Sometimes we run to things like that, just because my heart runs in the wrong direction. So when you go through a tough time, when you sit down with people and you talk with them, listen to where their hearts run to. Because the thing that you run to will always make you selfish if it's not God. Not towards selfish gain. You're with me. We're just doing a bit of a study of the doctrine of the heart. A heart that knows how to run to God is not selfish. Okay. Then my wife's favorite scripture, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Don't You know how the world says, just trust your heart. It's a very dangerous thing just to trust your heart. It is seriously dangerous. Because scripture makes it clear. It's deceitful. Interesting conversation in our home. We had about hearts and how the heart's deceitful. And so one of the little ones talked about it. Says, so, but why is it like that? Why do we always have to talk about it? Who taught us that? And then I, at this beautiful moment, I said, So, did. Me and mom teach you how to lie. And after some seriously contemplating godly thought, the answer was no. And so I asked, but who taught you to lie? I suppose it's just in me. I said, exactly. It's just in us. We're born that way. And so there's a big part of, of what we want to explain away in terms of just the deceitfulness of our hearts. So Jeremiah just adds insult to our injury, you know. <laughs> the secrets of our heart will always betray, will always be betrayed by our mouth and by our actions. It's, it's just one of those things. That's why in Jeremiah it's not there chapter 17 verse 10 it says I the Lord search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct according to what their deeds deserve. So God says David was a man after my own heart uncle I've thought about that a lot. what are you, David? Took another man's wife, he murdered, he was a man after God's heart, Ruth. You're, what what would David have done if he was not a man after God's heart? you yo, your, yo, yo, Have you ever thought of that? God still calls this man somebody after his own heart. And I said, God, I have serious problems in understanding it. I mean, David was one of those guys on a good morning when he had his had his coffee and he looked at you and he said, Look here today the two of us we're going to have a conversation Ooh, you, you better shiver because you know something's going to go down and Dave is not the type of guy that does something half he throws you with the sling and then after that he cuts your head off he kills you dead twice I mean Saul told him brother if you want my daughter I need 104 skins have you read that story? Killed the Philistines, came with 104 skins and threw it. Now, I'm just picturing this. As scripture says that he comes, he throws it in front of Saul. 104 skins. There, I need your daughter. I mean, this, you don't mess with this man. But this man was a man after God's heart. <laughs> yeah. We must read the Bible, people. 120,000 sheep we hurt this morning. Slaughtering every step, another beast. Oh, man, just just picture it. But then we can see why God liked this man. Just the extravagant worship, and the fact that he knew his heart was deceitful. And so, most of the time, if we think we're good people, we fool ourselves because we're not good people. And so we cannot talk to people about the goodness of their heart if they don't understand that their hearts are deceitful. We cannot speak to ourselves if we don't understand that the wrath of God was covered by the love of sending His Son. That's why Jesus, like Ed said this morning so eloquently, had to die this gory bloody death. To appease, you know. So, the heart that allows God to search it and change it will be protected against deception. So now, now that we know how our hearts really are, we know how our hearts are, what should we then do? Let's go. To grow spiritually, we must redirect our hearts. So the key for me in what Jesus is explaining to the people here is the following. We do this by listening carefully. We do this by responding appropriately to the word. We do this by waiting patiently to be changed. And we do this by preaching faithfully and being thankful. So let's start with the first one. You can just park right there. Listen carefully. Listen with understanding. Listen carefully to the Word of God. Um, Look, spiritual seed is in abundance out there. It is in abundance. But I can tell you, good fruit's not cheap. Good fruit's not cheap. Jesus makes it clear. Um, We must listen carefully. Um... Now, Jesus says something really troubling. He says, hearing, while well did the prophet Isaiah, can you remember Jesus said, Well did the prophet Isaiah say, hearing they won't hear and seeing they won't see. Jesus mentions it. So if you go, you can make a note of it, go read it, Isaiah chapter 6. Jesus is referencing Isaiah chapter 6. But people, I, I, I read through it this last three weeks. It was, again, one of those troubling moments for me, Nigel. It was one of those moments that I realized I don't understand God. I, I don't know who God is. But it's that scene where Isaiah chapter 6, I'm just going to give you the rundown. He's in the throne room of God and then he's, he sees these angels flying. flying. So with two wings, the angels have six wings. With two wings, they cover their feet. With two wings, they fly. And with the other two wings, they just cover because they can't look at the glory of God. And then they sing, holy, 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 holy. And then in in, in one moment, he realizes that he is (laughs) in the presence of something really, really, really mighty. And he just falls down and says, God, I'm a man of unclean lips. Then one of the angels grabs a coal, flies to Isaiah, puts it on his mouth, and says, now your lips are clean. So this is now Isaiah's inauguration as a prophet. He gets inducted as a prophet in the throne room. So then God says, whom shall I send? And then Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. If I read the context... I don't think Isaiah said, You're my Lord, send me, send me. No, 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 no. If I read the context of what happened, I see Isaiah going, Okay, God, I think I'm ready. There's, there's not an arrogance, but now, this is the part that upset me, neither. So God says, You've got to preach to the nation of Israel, but let me just say this to you, Jackie. They're going to hear, but they won't listen. They're gonna see, but they're not gonna see. Now imagine I get inducted as a pastor and somebody preaches that to me. You're gonna preach, but nobody's gonna to listen to you. And nobody's gonna hear what you're saying. Then Isaiah asked, just go read it. He asked God, so God, <coughs> how long? God says, you preach this message until there's nothing left of Jerusalem. They're not going to listen to you. But you preach it. I mean, it's so depressing that nobody gets saved until the last two verses of chapter 6. It speaks of the stump. God says he's laying the, the axe To the tree, there's only a stump left and there's a holy seed. And from that seed, Jesus will come. That's the only highlight of the man's inauguration. (laughs) It's the only highlight. The other highlight, I think, was seeing heaven. But again, he didn't want to be there because he realized, oh my word, (laughs) I'm in the presence of true royalty. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? I want to encourage you. Some people will never listen to what we're saying. Don't change the seed. Don't change the message. Don't try to change yourself. I think personally, Ruth, it's a judgment on God's part, hardening people's hearts and deafening them. Tuffy, but a toughie is a toughie. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's one of those times when I can't figure out God, but God says you just continue with it. You go for it. You preach. So I want to encourage you, sometimes people won't listen. Are you with me? Um, so that's why that, those words are so upsetting. Those who have and those who hear, I'll give them more but those who don't have even that which they have will be taken away from them can you you understand the reference now where christ comes from um, understanding means you know how to apply knowledge with wisdom but then again if there's a holy seed in the stump we shouldn't stop preaching Because it will come, change can come, but it depends wholly on God. You with me? Then respond appropriately. Um, We must listen with perception. We must be doers of the word. So, whenever we hear something, we must think deeply about it, and and that's and that's why the conversation with people that don't understand things of God—it's deep conversations. Have you ever noticed when you talk about spirituality and God, it's never casual. It gets heated. Sometimes even fights. Friends break up. Jesus said, look here, I'm not coming to bring peace. And then Jesus starts with, you will be your mother-in-law. <laughs> Jesus and the mother-in-law. But he, he'll bring division. There'll be division. Over the things of Christ. Father against daughter. It's right there in scripture. But it is encouraging because the casual observer gains nothing. So we've got to listen with intention, you know. The worldliness, you see, there's something that wants to choke the worldliness the scripture speaks of. But I want to encourage you to continue with the conversation because God is the one that will prepare the soil on our behalf. We can't. Are you with me? So, listen carefully respond appropriately and listen to people listen with love listen to them because may I remind everyone sitting here this morning that at one stage we also did not hear we didn't listen I was speaking to people yesterday uh, how stubborn I was I can remember Almery inviting me to her baptism. I wasn't saved. Ruth, I was so angry at every Christian at that baptism. And I thought to myself, if one more Christian's going to hug me today, Lord knows something's going to go down here. You know. I was stubborn. I didn't hear. I didn't understand. I was angry. I was bitter. You know. That's why I'm just reminding us. And then and then and then God flipped to switch. You read it, you realise, what have I been missing out on? And then the soil of your heart is just beautiful. But then you we've gotta wait patiently to be changed by the word. When you preach the word and when you hear the word, people listen to me, please. Fruit takes time to grow, fruit gets nurtured. The only thing is we spoil because we buy fruit at Sainsbury's. So in our minds, if it's seasoned for fruit, I want fruit. And if they don't have it here, I can order it over Amazon. But within the kingdom, the things that we're talking about this morning, you can't order. You cannot order patience. You cannot order love. You cannot order caring. It doesn't come with a click of a button. It takes time. And so we've got to be patient. And I want to encourage you now with this again. Don't sow without expecting any fruit. Have you ever seen a farmer sowing? And then he says, I'll go now. Every day he's expectant. Give it water. Every day he looks at the ground and he smells the ground. And we don't know what's going on, but he's passionate. The ground and he looks over his farm and we see nothing. Think, what's he looking at? You know, the man's passionate about things that we don't see because there's an expectancy. And so scripture, scripture actually talks about us as being farmers. Scripture talks about us as being Soldiers. And scripture also talks about us as being athletes. So we're not talking about the athlete this morning. We're not talking about the soldier. We're talking about the part of us that's called a farmer. Old Farmer Brown. That's who we are. And we've got to wait patiently when we talk with people. We've got to be patient with ourselves. That it will grow. It will grow. Then we've got to preach faithfully. Look. Truth doesn't change. And can I say this? And this is an encouragement. Truth does not change in the midst of hostility and fruitlessness. God's words stay the same whether we hear it or not. Now that's the thing that the church needs to get used to. We've got to say this to each other every time, every day. Even if we don't see... Growing the word stays the same but scripture says in Ecclesiastes "Cast your bread upon the water because after many days it will it will return we don't know when it will return but we stay faithful we stay faithful and we preach faithfully faithfully we sow the seed sometimes the word of God will cause hostility my wife's first mission's account of preaching the gospel to someone in Namibia, she got smacked in her face. Literally. I got spat at already. <laughs> For two years, my own family wrote me off. and never came to visit us after I got baptized. Both of us. A few other reasons as well. But the word hasn't changed. At the midst of hostility... But now, I, I must tell you whenever there's a crisis in the family, you've got to ring Carlos and Elmery, you've got to phone, we've got to talk with him, they've got to be here no, 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 it's important, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because you've got to be patient with the fruit that's going to grow then last, be thankful when you read that account of that guy sowing he just sows And the thing is, 30, 60, 100. It's going to come. Don't be despondent. The fruit's coming. That's what I felt God was saying to each and every one of us this morning. The fruit is coming. It's coming. Be patient. God hears your heart's cry. Be patient. Be like the farmer. Be patient. So, what's the, so, the condition of our hearts. How do we change the direction of our hearts? And then lastly, what's the cure for our hearts? Well, it's in scripture. Jeremiah 31, 33. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. And write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. One of those beautiful sovereign acts of God where he just puts his word into people's hearts. Boom. I want that just to sink in. Let's go to the next scripture. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, you can't soften stone, you can't put a stone in water. And then think it's going to no, 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 no. Somebody must come and take out that thing and put something new in. That's where the word comes in. We've got the words of life inside of us, people. We plant those seeds there. And then one day God waters it. And so Paul plants and Apollos waters, but God gives the growth, He gives the increase. And I'm hoping that I'm encouraging you this morning to have conversations with people. Because the conversation is the conversation about hearts. It's about the reason why some fruit takes so long to grow. Because we trust in the wrong things. The soil is the wrong soil type. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. The fruit's coming. Be patient. It's growing. I wish I could have shown you one day when we were praying there during staff. I just felt God say, type into YouTube a seed growing. And so they had this seed underground, a camera, three seeds underground, and they filmed it. And um, they speed it up. And when the seed grows, the first thing that grows is the root, but we don't see it. The root grows down, and then after the root has grown down, then the first leaves sprout. It was just beautiful to me when God was speaking to me about it and says it's happening. So sometimes when we think nothing's happening, it's growing deeper. First, but we don't see it. now. wonder how many times I thought he doesn't want to listen. Dear Lord Jesus, just do something to him, you know. And you know, you, you think when, when you're so stubborn, you actually really do think you, you're doing the church a favor. You know, you're like Paul, I'm doing God a favor, I'll kill all of them. I'll write letters. You know, Paul really thought he did God a favor. And then God just knocked him off his horse, his donkey, whatever, his camel, I don't know. Blind for three days. So the guys around him, they hear this voice, but they don't know who it is. And Paul responds beautifully, who's the speaking Lord? I don't know how he knew how to say Lord, but when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're in the presence of the Lord. And then God says, Paul, you kick Saul, you're kicking against the goats. The goads, sorry not the goats, the goads, you're challenging me and you're challenging the authority of my church. But right there Paul's life changes radically forever. But we forget that Paul studied scripture. It was there. So we read God called the disciples, then we think you? they left everything. No. If you read Jesus' connection with the disciples chronologically, they first went to a wedding, and then they did some fishing together, and Jesus actually healed Peter's mom. So there's a few things that happened before Jesus told them, leave everything. Did you know that? It wasn't at once... It happened, so we read, Jesus told them, leave, and then they left everything. But we don't know the road that God will walk with them. You know, and then Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, look, your God revealed this to you. But then they just walk a few days on, and then Jesus has to tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. I mean, he had this glorious revelation, and then he gets rebuilt. But the seed's growing. He heard with understanding. I cannot tell you how much people are waiting to hear these words of life. They're waiting desperately. Because deep down they know my heart is made to trust something. Deep down, they know my heart continues to run after other things. Deep down, they know that my heart's deceitful above all. It's just somebody needs to tell them, and then he says, So, where did you hear this? Just read this. This is what the scripture says. My God knows about these things all along, He knew about the conditions of our soil. But I've got incorruptible seed that I would like to plant and we can water it and we can have a conversation about this and we can have a conversation about your disappointment. And it's it's indescribable when you start seeing the fruit. You cannot explain it, but you're excited about it. And and you just see people changing and you're thinking, gosh, God, can this be? Can this be the same Carlos Clayton Moses? On Friday, on Thursday, Elmery must have thought we had an argument. On Friday, she just left, switched off her phone. By Sunday evening, it was a whole other man. Changed. Changed. How does this work? <laughs> Jackie. Now, our last argument, Almery just told me, if we, this thing's going to work, you've got to read Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these other things. And she gave me a book hearing God's voice, Henry Black Abbey. So that was my seeds. You know, but you're like, yeah... Whatever, (laughs) but I read it. I read Matthew six thirty-three, and I can tell you what I thought when I read it. When I wasn't saved, my thoughts was, "It's a lot to give up." But can I really gain all of this? And then you usually close the book and say, "No, not for me." But it's seed. It's uncorrupted seed. It offended the life out of me. (laughs) It offended me into the kingdom. (laughs) It offended me right into God's arms that we sang about. Because when he switches on that uncorrupted seed, when he just makes it grow, you don't have a choice but to bow your knee. And so for that reason, I have to be honest with you, there's people that will never hear. Okay, we've got to say that this morning. They'll never hear. they never see. Please don't tell me why. I just know it's in Scripture. I don't have the full story. But God does even that for His own glory. I mean, one would thought after the third miracle, Pharaoh would say, please leave. Take everything Take my wives. Take this, take this, go. But ten plagues must hit the man. And then still after that, he lets them go and then, no, 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 no. Let's kill him. And then the whole world finds out no one can swim with the Egyptians. No, that's a joke. But I just made it fun for myself. But you know the incorruptible seed, continue to plant these seeds in people's lives. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we want to just say to you, the soils of our heart is open to receive the seeds. But at the same time, God, every seed that you've given every person in this congregation, it's not corrupted. It's holy seed. And Lord, we're willing to plant it. Even amidst hostility. And Father, continue to remind us, like the farmer, the fruit's coming. We've just got to be patient. It's coming. In Jesus' name, Amen. All that I want to say to you this morning the fruit is coming. Be patient. So faithfully. Don't change the seed. Even if the seed doesn't taste or look good, just give it. If I had to hear seek first the kingdom of God, then I had to hear it. Sow the seed. You know, sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Continue to sow the seed. It will grow. God bless you.